0: Give the children time to go, and it's on page 1071 of your Bibles. That's John 7, verses 1 to 24. After this, Jesus went around in Galilee. He did not want to go about in Judea because the Jewish leaders there were looking for a way to kill him. But when the, Jew- the Jewish festival when the Jewish festival of Tabernacle was near, Jesus brothers said to him, "Leave Galilee and go to Judea so that you- your disciples there may see the work you do. No one who wants to become a public figure acts in secret since you are doing these things. show yourselves to the world for." If- for even his own brothers did not believe him. Therefore, Jesus told them, "'My time is not yet here, for you, for you any time will do. The world, "'The world cannot hate you, but it hates me, "'because I testify that its works are evil. "'You go to the festival. "'I am not going up to this festival, "'because my time has not yet come.' After he said this, he stayed in Galilee. However, after his brothers had left for the festival, he went also, not publicly, but in secret. Now at the festival, the Jewish leaders were watching for Jesus and asking where he is. Among the crowds, there was widespread whispering about him. Some said he is a good man, Others replied, no, he deceives the people, but no one would say anything publicly about him for fear of the leaders. Not until halfway through the festival did Jesus go up to the temple court and begin to teach. The Jews there were amazed and asked, how did this man get such learning without having been taught? Jesus answered, my teaching is, it, is not my own, it comes from the one who sent me. Anyone who chooses to do the will of God will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. Whoever speaks on their own does so to gain personal g- glory, but he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is a man of truth. There is nothing false about him. Has not Moses given you the law? Yet not one of you keep the law. Why are you trying to kill me? You are demon-possessed, the crowd answered. Who is trying to kill you? Jesus said to them, I did one miracle, and you are all amazed. Yet because Moses gave you circumcision, though actually it did not come from Moses, but from the patriarchs, you circumcise a boy on the Sabbath. Now, if a boy can be circumcised on the Sabbath so that the law of Moses may, may not be broken, why are you angry with me for healing a man's whole body on the Sabbath? Stop judging by mere appearance, but instead judge correctly. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Let's bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, we pray, Lord, that as we look at your word and hear you, your word today, that you may, through your Holy Spirit, speak to us, that we may hear and respond in our lives. For we ask and pray in your, for your name and your glory. Amen. John chapter 7. Verse one. The setting is the feast of the Tabernacles, the third and greatest feast for some in the calendar, the most popular. On the seventh of October, two thousand and twenty-three, on the last day of the Tabernacles, Israel woke to the sound of sirens signaling a rocket attack. With those rockets came terror and death within Israel and Gaza. And that terror and death continues today in war. How did it start? Like most wars, the answer will be, an argument, a quarrel between two nations, two groups of people, each of them with a list of perceived acts of wrongs that the other has put on them. Something isn't right, leaving something that needs to be done to put it right sadly the world is full of quarreling a lot of people long for justice still waiting for something to be done to put things right of course it's not just nations at war it's personal we too will have a quarrel with others at times someone who has treated you unfairly and we might probably have said it's not fair, or worse. In his book, Broken Signpost, Tom Wright writes that and suggests that if we were given a blank sheet of paper and asked to write upon it, the names of people that have done us wrong, we would have no problem in getting that list. But if we were honest, Tom Wright goes on to say, we might be able to compile a list of people to whom we have done something wrong, and many of those wrongs go unpunished. This week on the television, I watched the programme Now in the News, Mr Bates versus the Post Office, based on a true story set in this country Headlines in the papers yesterday, the drama taking this story tells us of how former sub-postmasters and sub-postmistresses were held liable by the post office for financial disparities, thrown by a computer controlling their accounts. And many of these sub-postmasters and sub-postmistresses were told to plead guilty to crimes or face jail and forced to pay the post office money it claimed that had gone missing, through which many of them lost their jobs, their homes, their life-saving, their reputation, and more. Now, these post office victims like all victims, cried out for justice. someone to put it right. Justice is a universal human longing. We may wish one another goodwill and peace in 2024, but the truth is, thousands will live and die without justice. Now today's gospel, Jesus is looking for justice. He has been falsely accused of breaking a Jewish law, his crime, healing a sick man on the Sabbath. This is the one work referred to in 21 of our reading. This one work, looking back to chapter 5, where Jesus healed a man on the Sabbath, and the Jewish authorities, the leaders, then gathered and began to plot and seek his death. And so the chapter begins, chapter 7, verse 1, if we read. Jesus went around in Galilee. He did not want to go now to Judea, to the Feast of Tabernacles because, verse one, the Jewish leaders there were looking for a way to kill him. This is the death that now Jesus responds to. This verdict, they were seeking to kill him. And so in the reading today, we see how Jesus sought justice in an unjust world. And the first thing we see in the reading is that Jesus understood the reality of injustice. He was not surprised at being at the wrong end of injustice. The Jews were looking for a way to kill him. Jesus knew the threat and took precautions to avoid it. The feast of tabernacles was taking place in Jerusalem. Go, his brothers said, and put on a miracle show to get more disciples that you've just lost as we looked at last week. But he left because of his teaching. Now he's being told by his, go, this is the chance. Do more miracles to impress and gain disciples. But no, Jesus said, No, my time is not yet here. For He Jesus knew that if you went to Jerusalem now, it would precipitate an early death. Not now. Not my time. Jesus lived with this death rest and its cause hate they hated him they hated jesus as jesus tells us the world hates me because i expose its evil its works of evil and so the the world seeks to kill me the jesus this was no surprise to jesus It's what a dark world would do, hiding and lying to cover up its wrongs, using political influence, smart lawyers, brute power to control truth and silent opposition. It is what happens in our world, and Jesus is aware of it. In the drama, in the news, in the program, the television, and now in the papers, the, right, the lie running through this contemporary story with the post office is that every sub-postmaster and every sub-postmistress that made a complaint to the post office about an ill-functioning computer was that they were told, no one else has this problem. No one else, only you. It was not true. As the drama tells, and now the newspapers are reporting, Mr. Bates was followed by 555, a number rising as we speak. Lies, lies, and more lies. In the final verse of the chapter, just look at it. It's significant because it's where Jesus is going. In verse 24, he says, Do not judge by appearance, but judge what is right. The question is, will they listen? Jesus would go on now, would go in time to the festival, but later, privately, quietly, and is found halfway in the festival, teaching in the temple courts, ready now to challenge the Jewish leaders with truth. Of course, truth was the last thing they wanted, as anyone wants when they are hiding in the dark. And so they ask him, putting a slight on his teaching, as he teaches, where does it come from? They ask themselves, how does this man, not rabbi, this man, Know anything? He did not go to school, formal schooling, let alone our school. Jesus replied to them, verse 17 My teaching is not my own, it comes from the one who sent me. Anyone who chooses to do the will of God will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. Jesus is saying to them that if the question is, where does my teaching come from? The answer is it comes from the one who sent me. That is God. If one asks, how can we know his teaching comes from God? His reply. Anyone who chooses to do what God wants will find out whether it comes from God or just from me. What does it mean to, for someone to do the will of God? It is, of course, to live within God's covenant, within his law, according to his law, and so keep his law. That's the heart, of course, of the Jewish faith and practice. What is Jesus saying to his opponents, his critics? The leaders seeking to kill him. He's saying that if you don't understand my teaching, which is actually God's teaching, this is because you're not keeping his law, his teaching. In a word, his challenge to the Jewish authorities has now become a charge against them. As he says in verse 19, not one of you keep the law one cannot overstate what Jesus is saying to them. If this were a, a football match, a penalty shootout, they've lost. A boxing match would be on the floor. The knockout blow. Why are you trying to kill me? The gold wins the match. How could they ever think they could kill him and keep the law? <clears throat> Jesus saying, you can't be keeping God's law and trying to kill me. The one cancels the other. Do not judge by appearance, but judge with right judgments, he says. And So he continues his final response to injustice, seeking to lead them to justice. Jesus cites a legal case, verse 22. Look at it carefully to follow this legal point, a legal case against them. Yet you, he says, because Moses gave you circumcision, although actually it was from the patriarchs, that is Genesis chapter 17. In fact, Given to Abraham. Because Moses gave you circumcision, but it didn't come from Moses, but from Abraham, you circumcise a boy on the Sabbath. Now, a boy can be circumcised on the Sabbath so that the law of Moses may not be broken. Why are you angry with me for healing a man whose body is sick on the Sabbath? To follow the Jesus, we need to understand he's talking about two laws. The law of Moses, the Ten Commandments. But an earlier law, a covenant law, given to Abraham before Moses. Many years before, as God entered into a relationship with his people and Abraham's descendant, the law, that is Moses, The Ten Commandments includes the command, do not work on the Sabbath. The covenant law given to Abraham where God made a covenant relationship with Abraham and his descendants and relatives and all that followed, that they would be circumcised the male on the eighth day after birth. But this law raised a question. If the ritual of circumcision is considered to be work, what should one do if on the eighth day falls on the Sabbath when Moses' commandment has no work on the Sabbath? So the rabbis who applied the law to the people put the covenant law over the Mosaic law on this point and administered circumcision on the Sabbath, if that was the eighth day. A legal point, but it's important. It's precise, it's exact. Jesus is essentially saying to them, why are you angry with me for healing a man's whole body? If you, the Jewish authority, give a ritual that corrects a small part of the body, a procedure, and give precedence to the law, how can the healing of a whole person be illegal or a crime? It does not make sense. It cannot be right. It is certainly not kind to turn a law that was given to bring rest, restoration, and health into something that restricts, harms, hurts people. To go further, one might say, your religion is killing people. It's killing people. Jesus has healed a man on the Sabbath and something has gone dreadfully wrong with their religion. The case, again, is clear. If our faith is diminishing The well-being of others there is something wrong with our religious practice in a cruel world the question is does our faith help or harm those in our world that are suffering do not judge said Jesus by appearance but judge with right judgments Jesus challenged injustice with the truth. It has been said that the first casualty of war is truth. As strong nations oppose small nations, as powerful companies disadvantage the weak, the greedy keep the poor poor. And in this country, too, we learn of lies and corruption in our political scandals, public bodies and financial institutions. Injustice is endemic in our world. Some of us might have a fight with the immigration office. Maybe we're still waiting for the housing department to do something. Or is it the builder, the bank or the post office? Perhaps an employer? a landlord, or tenant, whoever and whatever our grievance with others is about, we too will argue for the truth using paperwork, records, emails, phone calls, conversation and some in time might succeed. But not all, not all, many dying today will not have found justice in this life. For now in this world, the darkness remains. Many, like Jesus, will be silenced. For him, the injustice only increased. Six months after the feast of Tabernacles, Jesus would be crucified At the time of the Passover festival, he would die on a cross as the Passover lamb, innocent, but would die on the cross, doing the one thing that no one else could ever do to put all the wrongs right. For ultimately, There will be justice. There will be a day of judgment. And all that is wrong will be put right. Seek justice. Do justice, Jesus says again and again as he challenges the injustice. Judge with right judgments. Would they do that? No, they would not. Jesus, as an innocent man, that would heal a man and heal many a man, was crucified. Or they knew at that point he was innocent. And yet they crucified him because there's something amazing going on at the crucifixion. For as he challenged in this chapter, his innocence and exposed the corrupt world of the injustice within the world, aimed at him, the innocent, will die on a cross, the innocent for the guilty. For we see on the cross, things are reversed. He's in our place. And the charges he makes to the corrupt judge come back on him because he is in the place of those in the corrupt, corruption. And so he puts it right in a way that nobody else can. No political leaders in our world, no (coughs) meeting, no organization could ever put it all right. But the Lord put it right. Right. He sought justice and <coughs> he took the wrongs upon himself to bring all our fights and wars to an end so that one day justice will finally come. We do not see yet, but we have certain hope that it will come for he has died in our place so that we him, the guilty May be found to be innocent. In an unjust world, Jesus tells us that justice will finally prevail. May we hold on to that truth as we struggle with injustice today and seek, we, to seek to do righteousness in our lives.